This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Well, it's time for the word. I'd encourage you to go to the church app and download the notes. They are there for you to fill in the blanks. I believe this evening is really, really going to bless you. You know, this month is about Thanksgiving. And as I reflected on this month and the theme for it, I began to think about what was the thing next to my salvation that I am most thankful for. And I came to the conclusion that the thing I'm most thankful for next to the salvation, and obviously my wife, I just have to say that because I've got to go home with her tonight, but yes, um, apart from salvation and my, and my kids, in case they're watching, the next thing I'm thankful for is the anointing is the anointing. Now, the anointing is simply by definition means just to, it's God smearing himself on you. If you can imagine an oil, a jar of oil being poured out on your body, the first thing people are gonna see before they see you, they're gonna see the shine. It's the anointing. And that's something I'm so grateful for. Pastor Theo will tell you the same thing. Dr. Johnny and the pastors in this church will tell you that we are so grateful, eternally grateful, that God added a whole lot of super onto our natural in order for us to achieve what we've achieved for God. Now, you might be sitting here to say, today and saying, Pastor Andre, but you know, I don't, I don't have an anointing. Well, I appreciate that you may feel that way, but that is not in keeping with Scripture. My message today is how to increase the anointing in your life, and the first verse I want to show you is found in 1 John, in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 20. This is what the Bible says. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. You have, so regardless of how you feel or what you think, the Bible says that you have an anointing. You may just say to me, Pastor, but why have I not recognized it? Why don't I know that it's there? Why does it not been activated in my life? Well, the simple reason could be is that you are anointed for service. If you have not put yourself in a position to serve your fellow brothers and sisters, the anointing will not be activated. I mean, Jesus, only after he was anointed, think about it, stepped into effective ministry. It was only after he was baptized and the Holy Spirit came down upon him that he went and performed his first miracle. We're not, I'm not anointed to preach the word when I get home. The anointing lifts for that. Hey, listen, I've preached with the anointing and I've preached without the anointing. It's a lot better with the anointing. I've lived and tried to succeed without the anointing. I'm telling you folks, it's a lot better with the anointing. The anointing produces effortless success. So I wanted you to see here today, and those of you watching online, clearly what the Bible says, that you have an anointing from the Holy One. Take a look at the next verse. It says, the anointing you received from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. Listen, this is the key, the anointing. There is stuff you have on the inside of you that you can't learn at school. 90% of what I do in the ministry today, I did not learn in school, perhaps maths and a bit of accounting, but the rest of it, I really had to depend and trust in the anointing of God to be able to get me where I am today. So knowing that you've got an anointing, learning how to tap into that anointing and increasing that anointing in your life is ultimately what is going to produce the success that you need to survive in this life. But there is an anointing for you. And I wanna go back to the point I made earlier on 
Until you actually step into service, you may never discover what the dominant anointing in your life is. That's why we have growth track. The reason we have growth track, the reason we create opportunities for people to serve in the church is not because we want to see a job done. It's because we want to see you fulfill your call. We want to see the anointing of God increase on your life just like it did with Jesus. So my encouragement to you is now that you know you've got it, put yourself in a position of serving others in order to see God begin to increase the anointing on your life. So look what it says. The anointing you have received Let's go back. The anointing you received from him remains in you and you do not need anyone to teach you. Next. But as his anointing teaches you about all things and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, look what I've underlined there, remain in him. Now, before I go to the next portion of Scripture, which is very, very important, let me just say this, relating to these Scripture verses over here. You know, and I don't know how to say this, that it doesn't come across arrogantly or pridefully, and I don't mean it that way, but the bottom line is this, that I, I know how to do stuff. I can, I, I can do stuff. I mean, case in point, I do not necessarily need to prepare for a message. I've got a lot of information. I've got a lot of wealth stored up in my heart. I think I could pretty much get up here in a minute and begin to preach a message that, that the Lord would bless and that you would, do you, know, you know what I'm saying? I, I know stuff. But that sometimes can be the biggest problem in becoming familiar. The moment you think your dream team job, I, I can do it in my sleep. I get you, you do it. But you don't commit it. This is why we are, this is why we are commanded to remain, we are to remain in him. We can do stuff, but you see folks, Jesus is always the why. He's the why behind the what. And as I teach today on the importance of how to increase the anointing in your life, I want this to be first and foremost in the front of your minds, that you can become very familiar with the ministry that God has given you. You might even be able to do it pretty well without God. But herein lies the warning. Before we get on to how to increase the anointing, I wanted you to see this. And this might be a verse that you've not seen in relation to the anointing before, but take a look at this. In Ezekiel chapter 44, this is what the Bible says. And the Levites who went far from me, God is speaking. Now, Levites were the ones that were responsible for caring for the tabernacle. They were the ones responsible for ministering to the people that came. Notice what God says, who went far from me. They were removed from the Lord. They were no longer fellowshipping with God. Now, until I saw the scripture, I just instinctively assumed that the moment you are no longer right with God or pursuing the Lord, you know what? You're not gonna be effective in ministry. God's not gonna use you anymore. He might replace you with someone else. I don't know if I was alone in that thinking, but take a look at what God says. And the Levites who were far from me, when Israel went astray, who strayed away from me after their idols, they shall bear their iniquity and they shall stand before them to minister to them. They shall stand before them and minister to them. They will remain in positions of ministry even without a closeness to Jesus. 
this word really stretched me. I heard God saying, do you think you're close enough? And don't think because you preach and everybody comments on Facebook and everybody likes and everybody pats you on the back that you've done a great job. Look at what he says. And they shall stand before them to minister to them and they shall not come near me. You know, we can be good. We can be used by God, but no good to God. We can continue to be used by God, but no good to God. They shall not come near me to minister to me as priests, nor come near any of my holy things. Next one nor into the most holy place, but they shall bear their shame and their abominations which they have committed. Nevertheless, now look at this, I will make them keep charge of the temple for all its work and for all that has to be done in it. The Lord says, because your relationship with me is faltering and because you have chosen to wander far from me, I'm still gonna use you because people still need to be, people still need to be ministered to. People still need to be fed. People still need to be served. I'm gonna use you. Nevertheless, I will make them keep charge of the temple for all its work and for all that has to be done in it. Make, oh, sorry, Exodus 28. I jumped ahead of myself. So the verse I wanted you to see over there, folks, is simply this, that it is possible to be far from God but still be used by the Lord in relation to the anointing. Remember, Jesus first, always, as I teach on these next four principles, and that's what I wanna leave you with this evening for those of you watching online. I wanna leave you with four keys on how to increase the anointing in your life, but I didn't want to go into that part until I'd really dealt with the importance of staying close to the Lord and keeping our motive pure as the Lord uses us within ministry. Now, these verses that we're gonna be taking a look at in Exodus chapter 28 is really where God was given instructions with regards to the tabernacle, how it was to be built, how the furniture was to be built. And one of the things that we're gonna be seeing now in Exodus chapter 28 is the kind of clothing that the priests would have to wear. Now this clothing speaks metaphorically to us today as to how we can prepare to increase the anointing in our own individual lives. The Bible says in Corinthians, the things that happened in the Old Testament were examples set for us in the New. So as we take a look at this, and I'm not gonna be going in the order of the chapter because I want to dress us tonight from head down to toe. I wanna dress us this way, okay? And we're gonna see what we can glean from these scriptures in Exodus about how to increase the anointing in our life. So here goes. First it says, make sacred garments for your brother Aaron to give him dignity and honor. These are the sacred garments that I'm referring to and will elaborate on. I'm gonna be focusing on four of them tonight, like I said, so we can clearly see what we need to do. I wanna give you some tools in order to guard and to increase the anointing on our lives. The first item of clothing, take a look at this. It says, make a plate of pure gold and engrave on it as on a seal, all in caps, holy is the Lord. Fasten a blue cord to it and attach it to the turban. It is to be on the front of the turban. So if you can imagine, this is what God instructed them to do. A plate with holy as the Lord on it and it was to be put right over here on their turban. I realized when I studied this that 
The thing about a turban is that it can be taken off. Many of us are very good at putting our turbans on when we come to church. <laughs> you know, when we, we, put, we take it off the, off the bedside counter and say, babe, we're off to church, let's put our turban on. And then it's all holy, holy, holy. But that was not God's intention. God's intention was this, that this holy is the Lord is to be the thing that guards our minds. It's right where our eyes are. It's right where our ears are, where we speak. This, if you can imagine the priests of old walking with this around on their foreheads, on their turban, holy is the Lord. Now the turban, take a look at this. The turban and the seal refer to, I must have the protection of holiness around my mind. The very first thing, if we wanna increase the anointing in our life, and this might be difficult, but we cannot do what the world does. We cannot live like the world lives. It is for that reason that those priests that we took a look at earlier in Ezekiel drifted away from the Lord and got into idolatry. They weren't the ones that had this plate, holy is the Lord, on their foreheads. I must have the protection of holiness around my mind. Let's go to Matthew chapter six and verse 22. Let's see what Jesus has to say concerning this. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If the eye is the lamp of the body, surely what we see negatively or positively affects the anointing on our lives. Now remember the anointing is God smearing himself on you. Remember the anointing is effortless success. What I'm saying to you simply here today, folks, is this, that if you watch things you ought not to be watching, ministry and life are gonna become very difficult for you. The anointing is going to wane. I don't want that. Take a look at what the Bible says in Ephesians. So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the, I don't want that. They darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God. Why? Because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Look at this, having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they are full of greed. Folks, the anointing next to salvation is one of the most valuable things that we can receive from the Lord. It increases and it wanes. If I had to tell you, you carry as much of the presence of God as you choose to carry, would you believe me? You see, the anointing, Pastor Theo will tell you, always comes at a price. And here is the first price that we have to pay, that we have to have holy as the Lord over our foreheads. We have to control what we see, what we say, and what we hear because it does impact the anointing. Take a look at this. 
What I starve dies. What I feed thrives. You know, there's, if we read in 1 Corinthians chapters 1, 2, and 3, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul speaks about the man who doesn't know Christ. In chapter 2, he speaks about the one who knows Christ. In chapter 2. In chapter 3, he speaks about the one who's got both one foot in the world and one foot in church. He calls it a carnal Christian. Carnal Christians with one foot in the world and one foot in church. Now, that word carnal comes from the Greek word carne. How many of you have ever eaten chili con carne before? Chili con carne. You've ever eaten chili con carne? What does chili con carne mean? Chili con carne means it's a whole lot of chili with a whole lot of flesh, with a whole lot of meat. Over here, what I, say, what I starve dies, what I feed thrives. The truth of the matter is this, that if you feed your flesh, of the flesh you will reap corruption. And the anointing is completely uncorrupted. If you feed your spirit man, that is what's gonna charge the anointing and set you right the course at the beginning of every single day. So say this with me, say, what I starve dies and what I feed thrives. A Chinese proverb says every man has two wolves inside of him. And the one young man asked the Chinese man, he said to him, which wolf survives? And the Chinese man said this, the one you feed the most. Your carnal man or your spirit? Who are you feeding more? Now, I'm not gonna tell you what to do, okay, tonight. That's not my goal. My goal is not to tell you what to do tonight. I'm, an, I'm just gonna throw it out there and you say to me, Pastor Andre, what's the line? I, I don't know. I don't know what your line is. I know what my line is. All I know is this, that you cannot be a strong Christian with a weak conscience. You cannot be a strong Christian and have a weak conscience, which means if you're filling your mind with all this nonsense out there, I promise you folks, you are deceived if you think it's not gonna affect your spirit man and not cause the anointing to wane in your life. Let's move on. In Exodus, take a look at the second item of clothing. Whenever Aaron enters, so the first one is keep the Lord holy. Remember he said that the, in Ephesians they'd been darkened by the futility of their thinking. Listen, we don't only need to repent for our actions, we should also repent for a thought life. When was the last time you repented for your thought life? That's what Ephesians said earlier on. That's what, what started the landslide, amen? So what are you, what are you thinking? And, I, uh, and that's why I believe that this is such an important message. Now people have been locked down for a long time and you've been locked down alone with your thoughts. I'm pointing at you, but I've got three fingers pointing back at me. I mean, I need a whole lot of Jesus and I need a whole lot of anointing. How many of you can say amen? Preach to me, Pastor Andre. Preach to me. So let's get to the second item of clothing. So we take a look at this holiness that is to protect our mind and our ears. Whenever Aaron enters the holy place, he will bear the names of the sons of Israel over his heart. Notice the positioning of it. Over his heart. On the breast, look at this, breast piece of decision. So here you had a rope that was tied around and the names of the 12 tribes of Israel were kept on this plate that Aaron had to wear. I find it so interesting that this translation positions this plate over his heart and then he calls it the breast piece of decision as you continue, as a continual memorial before the Lord. Take a look at what it says in the next verse. Thus Aaron will always bear the means of making decisions 
for the Israelites over his heart before the Lord. Here is the truth and the second item of clothing and what this relates to. The breastpiece of decision refers to I must have the right relationships over my heart because you are a product today of the relationships you carry with you. Now, I know people that find it so much, so much more easy to remember all the people that have hurt them, all the people that have offended them. Those are the names that they carry close to their heart, the people that have been good, merciful, kind, their mentors. Those aren't the ones that they carry. And so because they carry the names of all the people that have hurt them and offended them and betrayed them over the years, the Bible says that if those are the names on the breastplate of your heart, your decisions are going to be impacted by those people that you carry closest to you. This is why Aaron had to carry the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. I've got a whole lot of good names on my, on my breastplate. I've got Apostle Theo. I've got, I've got Billy Graham. You see, when I was small, I would, I would watch 10 crusades of Billy Graham leading tens of thousands of people to Jesus. And I said, man, that's how I wanna preach one day. Those are the souls I wanna win. Now, like you, I've had people betray me. I've had people hurt me. But I tell you what, folks, I trusted God that the moment that name began to be etched on this, on this breastplate of mine. I said, Lord, I need, to get, I need to get that thing out of there quickly because if this is the breastplate of decision and the rest of my life is gonna be decided by the names that have affected me or the people that have affected me, I can't, I, ain't nobody got time for that. Can someone say nobody got time for that? I got no time for that. Take a look over here. In Ephesians, it says, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. You can't afford, the moment, I want you to get this picture, the moment you are angry with someone when that sun goes down, guess what? The name begins to be written. The name begins to be inscribed. Now, do you speak to any guy that does free climbing? And he'll tell you, to have a good grip is one thing. But if the wind blows, it doesn't take a lot of wind to dislodge you and you can lose your life. But to get your feet into the mountain, they'll tell you it almost takes a hurricane to blow you off that mountain. Let me tell you, if you allow the devil to get a foothold by you not forgiving someone into the next day, it's gonna need a whole lot more anointing and a whole lot more, a lot more wind of the Holy Ghost blowing in order to get you off that thing that you are holding onto. I wanna speak to you about this for a moment and I know it's been preached on time and time again, but when we speak about how to cultivate the anointing, you cannot be anointed and be mad at people at the same time, it's impossible because you're anointed to serve people. How are you gonna be mad to the, at the very people that God has anointed you to help? Take a look at what it says here. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ in God forgave you. I love this phrase. The forgiven, forgive. You find someone who finds it difficult to forgive, they've forgotten what they've been forgiven from. It's like Jesus said about the prostitute, she forgives much because she loves much, or she loves much because she's been forgiven much. Let's go to the next item of clothing. It says you weave the tunic of fine linen and make the turban 
of fine linen. When they enter the gates of the inner court, they are to wear linen clothes. What's the emphasis on linen? We'll get there in a moment. They must not wear any woolen garment while ministering at the gates of the inner court or inside the temple. They are to wear linen turbans and their hair on their heads and linen undergarments around their waist. Now, that's, it's very specific. So when we speak about linen here for a moment, I want, this is talking about underwear. Hopefully, all of you have got that on. That's why they call it underwear. Underwear. I know you're thinking, Pastor Andre, where are you going with this? Because I got the plate. I got the chest piece about forgiveness. I got all that. I got all that. But what's this about linen? They are to wear linen turbans on their head and linen undergarments around their waists. They must not wear anything that makes them perspire. Now, this is really talking about private ministry. This is talking about what goes on behind the scenes. It's what happens when you're not in front of everyone. The next item of clothing we're going to take a look at is going to speak to the tunic, which is public ministry. We're speaking about the anointing. We've got the nameplate, right? We've got the holy is the Lord. We've got the chest piece, which is relationships. Now we're taking a look at the, at the undergarments. They must not wear anything that makes them perspire. So what is this undergarment referring to? Well, the undergarment, first of all, must be made of linen. And why is that? Because linen's got a very different weave. It's got a broader weave, and it breathes. It breathes better. Linen breathes better. When I go to Cuba, myself and Pastor Johnny, we wear linen. We look like the tailors of Panama because we just wear linen because it breathes better, okay? That's the focus. So what is linen speaking about? Folks, I must have a schedule that produces rest in my soul. I must have a schedule. Now, this really speaks to keeping the Sabbath day holy, and we'll take a look at that more closely. But you cannot be anointed when you're tired. And I wanna to speak to you about this specific point today because it speaks about rest for your soul. Take a look at this verse. This is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says. In repentance and rest, in repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength but you would have none of it. No, I don't need, to, you know what, I don't need, to, I, don't, I don't need any time off. I just wanna get there, I wanna work, I wanna, I wanna get it done. Now when I speak about rest, folks, I'm, I'm saying, when we talk about the Sabbath, you need to keep the Sabbath day holy, which means you need to keep it separate. But when I say separate, don't instinctively think that you've gotta fill the Sabbath with ministry work. That's not what I'm talking about. Okay, I'm talking about just being alone. I'm talking about recharging. I'm talking about what you do in private. Look at this over here. You said, no, no, we'll flee on horses, therefore you will flee. You said we will ride off on swift horses. Do you know that the average person touches their phone 2,718 times every single day? The average person touches because people are busy, people, people are productive. So when I talk about this third aspect of rest, I'm talking about rest. Now, listen, Sunday is not our day of rest. 
That's why I said Lionel Richie was never, had, could never have been a pastor because it ain't easy like Sunday morn for us. It ain't easy for us. We, we work. Our Sabbath day is on, a, is on a Friday. And when I talk about a day of rest, I date my wife weekly, W-E-E-K, not W-E-A-K. I date my wife weekly. On Friday, we always go out. We, we, I, I spend time with the Lord in the morning, and then we just spend quality time together on that day of rest. And I want to speak to you about making that a priority. You have to keep the Sabbath day as holy. You said, no, we will flee on horses. Therefore, you will flee. You said we will ride off on swift horses. Look at this. Therefore, your pursuers will be just as swift. You will think you're resting, but you're never resting. You can't be tired and anointed at the same time. Yet, the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will, rise, he will raise up and show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Look at this. Blessed are all those who wait on him. Blessed are all those who wait on him. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. And I would like to suggest that on your Sabbath day of rest, as you wait on the Lord, that you take time to think about all those people that I mentioned in the previous point that you harbor ill will towards and say, Lord, I release them. I forgive them. Consolidate. Take a moment in that morning just to make sure that the names that began to be penciled in on your breastplate are quickly erased by the power of the Holy Ghost. You should do it every day, but notwithstanding, wait for your day of rest because I promise you now you can't rest and be angry with someone at the same time. Your heart can't rest. Your soul cannot rest. Did you know Psalm 92 is actually a psalm for the Sabbath day? Now, we don't obey the Sabbath because it's a command from God. But the Lord must have had something in his mind when he said, I want you to rest from your labors. There must be a physical, apart from a spiritual benefit, there must be a physical and a social benefit benefit for us today as we do that. And in this hustle bustle of a life, we need to make time to do that. But look at what it says in Psalm 92. This is copied straight out of the Word of God, straight out of the Bible. It's for the Sabbath day. It is good. It is good to, pra to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High. Proclaiming your love and faithfulness in the morning Sorry, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. Now look at what it says in verse 10. I have been anointed with fresh oil. Interesting. Yeah, we have a psalm for the Sabbath that concludes with if you keep it, if you prioritize your life, you will be anointed with fresh oil. So this is the point that has been spoken about when we speak about the undergarments and what happens behind the scenes. The thing that people don't see is the day when you keep the Sabbath day holy. 
That's what that portion of clothing specifically speaks to. Take a look at what it says in Isaiah. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the holy, sorry, on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord and the Lord's holy, honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then the Lord will find, or sorry, you will find your joy. My reading's not too great tonight. You will find your joy in the Lord. Verse 14. And I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to, the, and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. For the mouth of the Lord your God has spoken. So we've taken a look at the plate on your forehead. Holy is the Lord. We've taken a look at the breastplate to make sure that all the names that we have on you are names that we walk in right relationships with because they affect our decisions. We've taken a look at the linen that we're supposed to wear, which means what we're supposed to do on our Sabbath day. Now let's, and I'm gonna invite the band to come up at this time. Oh, great, you guys are here already. They're ahead of me. And we're gonna take a look at the fourth and the final aspect of this clothing that speaks to how we are to increase the anointing on our lives. Go with me to is Exodus 28. Now, this is speaking about a robe. This is what happens outwardly now. Make the robe of the ephod entirely of blue cloth. Make pomegranates of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn around the hem of the robe with gold bells between them. The gold bells and the pomegranates are to alternate around the hem of the robe. Aaron must wear this when he ministers. The sound of the bells, you can imagine, the sound of the bells will be heard when he enters the holy place before the Lord and when he comes out. So now Josephus tells us that there were 72 of these bells. Now, I don't know about you, but when Christmas time comes and you start to hear the jingle, doesn't it invoke a certain emotion within you? Right? I mean, you can be down, and when you hear the bells start ringing, what happens? It doesn't just lighten your spirits. doesn't make you feel a lot better. It doesn't give you a certain amount of expectation. I mean, when you hear the Christmas bells, all of a sudden, it just, it just changes the atmosphere. So what is this speaking about? Take a look over here. The robe with the bells speaks to the fact that I must have an attitude of joy and carry this attitude of joy in my spirit all the time. You can't be angry and operate successfully in the anointing. You can't be miserable and operate successfully in the anointing. These four items of clothing, and I'm gonna pray with you in a moment. In actual fact, we're gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna worship in a moment. I've got an old song stirring up in my heart. I'm gonna ask Pumi if you wouldn't mind just taking the screen away from me for a second. Uh, won't you, folks, won't you please just stand to your feet for a moment. I wanna, I wanna pray a corporate prayer. I wanna pray a corporate prayer over each and every one of you. For those of you that are watching us at home online, won't you also please just stand to your feet and be receptive to what I'm about to pray. We're gonna be praying about these four things that we've learned tonight on how to increase or cultivate the anointing in our lives. And we're just gonna trust the Lord to do something really specific this evening for each and every one of us. So if you want the anointing to increase, then won't you just raise your hands towards heaven as I pray for you now. Then we're gonna break loose and we're gonna worship the Lord just for a brief moment. I want you to take time. If, if that scripture spoke to you 
about the fact that you've been so busy with the work of God that you've forgotten about the God of the work, then take a moment to say, Lord, I'm realigning myself tonight. I'm, I'm getting this thing right tonight, Lord. I, I, I need the anointing and I, I want you to be my priority. That's the prayer you're gonna be praying. But Father, as we come before you this evening in the precious and wonderful name of Jesus, Lord God, I thank you that because of this plate that we have on our foreheads that says, holy is the Lord. Lord, right now we ask and pray that, that you would remove all sensuality from our minds all anger, all bitterness, every corrupt thought that we have towards people, places, or things. Father, we just ask right now that by the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, that you would just reach in as we, as we position ourselves and we place that plate of gold on our foreheads that says, holy is the Lord. Lord, tonight stir us as, as we hang the breastplate over our hearts on our chest as we analyze the names of the people that we do life with and those we love and our mentors, Lord, we pray that by the power of the Holy Ghost that you would take that eraser of yours and just begin to rub out as we release and forgive every single person that has hurt us, offended us, even those, Father God, that we've carried on this nameplate that's caused us to make wrong decisions for decades. Lord, may they be erased right now in the name of Jesus, just remove those, Father. Lord, tonight, each and every one of us commit and recommit to, to make the Sabbath day a day of rest and, and our private time, Lord God, to spend time with you, but really just to refresh and keep the Sabbath day as holy, understanding that rest is, is vital to increasing the anointing on our lives. Unless we conquer our battles on our knees, we can never stand before men. So Father, tonight we, we just reinstitute that and we say, Father, forgive us for not considering the Sabbath day as holy. And then finally, Lord, tonight, we just see the pomegranates and the bells hanging around our robes tonight. Lord, we choose joy, we choose love, we choose peace, we choose patience, we choose faith, we choose hope, we choose joy, we choose all of these fruits, Father, as we begin to operate and move and work in the anointing of God. Right now, let's worship the name. Let's worship him, Jesus. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.